way? Wrong. Who I am on the inside is gonna limit my popularity. <laughs> this is just how I make sure I never accidentally make a friend who owns a golf club. Glad that one worked, Jesus. So, I tr I'm trying to scare normal people off, but unfortunately this whole thing is kind of normal now. You want to scare people today, you need a suit and a tie. And I have my limits. I'm only losing my hair a little bit, but I shave the whole thing to show God who's boss. <laughs> I am in charge of hair. I say none. So now I look like a vampire who wants avocado toast. And I'm okay with that. I like looking a little scary, if at all possible, because I'm so terrified of everything else. We live in a very scary world. The oceans are dying, nuclear missiles pointed at everyone. I live in Oakland, that's scary enough. Oakland is the kind of place where they can find a headless body in the garbage and nobody blinks. And if you don't remember that story, that proves my point it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Was like last year. I'm from Connecticut. We have different problems in Connecticut. Like, should we have kindergarten all day or half day? It's more expensive, but think of the children. So I'm not used to living in a dangerous place. Some people might move away, take a self-defense class. I bought a sword, <laughs> and that backfired, because now I'm also scared of me. <laughs> Don't buy a sword. It's exactly as fun as it looks. I can't put this thing down. My furniture would be in shreds right now if I could afford furniture. They say when you're designing your home, you should get rid of everything unless you need it or you love it. I own a laptop, a futon, and a sword. That's it. Love my sword. I uh, loves me sword. I loves to swing it. Ah, uh, so much fun. But you can't really, like, nobody wants to see me on the BART with a ninja sword. You can't really take it with you. So my glorious, beautiful sword, all it does is it just, it's just hanging there, just shining, listening, whispering beautiful promises. <laughs> Take me to the lake. <laughs> Become the hero of prophecy. So I gotta get it out of my head, and I lay down on my futon, open my laptop, and I get an ad for more swords. <laughs> so the internet is a bad friend. You should get another sword, you could have one in each hand. Like Leonardo. I won't do the song. Um, so, um, in my 30s, um, my favorite part about that is uh, discovering that I did never really uh, needed hope. Uh, looking back, I had nothing good was ever gonna happen to me, but now I know it, and my naps are amazing. I'm not wasting anyone's time. Sometimes I feel a little old, and so might you sometimes, but don't 
ever say that to anyone who's actually old unless you want to fight about who's more dead. Oh, you're so young. You have so many years left ahead of you, so many good years. It's not true. There's young and there's old, and the dividing line is 30, and I'll prove it. <laughs> You're 24 years old. You find $10,000. Summer of a lifetime. You're 34 years old. You find the same $10,000. Small down payment. <laughs> that is what the young do not understand about the old. We don't hate fun. It's just a very bad idea. <laughs> All right, with that, I have been Justin Carisi, your host. And I'm going to bring up your first, your first guest of the night. Uh, this guy, everything about this guy screams comedy. He's awesome. You're going to love him. <laughs> it's John Gallagher. Thank you, guys. Hope everybody had a good Valentine's Day. I had a good one. I got to experience one of my favorite things in the world, which is couples street fighting. Oh, my God. I fucking love that shit so much. Seeing a couple people supposedly in love and just seeing that love end. Oh, it's amazing. And uh, this year, I, I didn't. I experienced the end of a couple's fight. Or what? Then I'll tell you why. I assume it's the end of a couple's fight because I heard this quote come out of a window uh, from a woman's mouth, suppose, to what I assume is a man, because what I heard out of a window was, uh, oh, yeah? You're just mad. You can't get hard when you hear children's laughter. Which, in my, ex in my experience, uh, a soft dick around kids laughing, usually a rock-solid dude. In my, yeah, it's usually a pretty, pretty cool guy, and also just a, a, pretty, a pretty strict requirement for a lot of my friends. Please don't get hard around children's laughter. Please don't have that happen. Uh, yeah, usually a red flag for a, a raging hard on at the laughter of children. But this is, this is the end of the, the argument, and I'm not sure why uh, this woman is just challenging this man. It's like, oh, yeah, you pussy, you can't fuck around this kinder care, you loser. Like, <laughs> what are you? <laughs> I just don't, I don't understand. I'm going to keep telling until I figure out why this was said out loud. Anyway, so uh, I'm not, uh, like, I'm not a, uh, uh, I'm not the person that doesn't fight out loud or in the streets, too. I get into fights with my girlfriend. Last big public fight we had was at the horse track, and that's where that should happen, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but we're going through the cage and, uh, like, through the little gambling area, and we happen to pass by the man that plays the trumpet for the horse track, and you forget that's a real job. You know what I'm talking about? The guy that announces the races by going... Burp, 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 burp. That's, a, that's, that's a guy in 2019. He pays bills with this job. <laughs> And uh, it's to be my girlfriend are fighting. Fuck you, no, fuck you, no, fuck you. And then this is where uh, Trumpet Man decides to weigh in with his infinite wisdom. <laughs> he so decides to level a little bit of life advice at me. And what he says, he goes like, hey, man, super loudly, uh, to, no, to the, the guy that nobody was asking for advice. He goes, uh, you know what? If you want this fight to end, you should probably just agree with everything she says and does like this with the trumpet. And you're like, hmm, hmm right? And uh, in my head, I'm like, just because you have a brass instrument doesn't make you fucking Dr. Phil. Life isn't a, life isn't a musical, dude. But and I said, I thought that in here, and my what I said out loud was, "Hey, mind your own fucking business, horn man. Play me a sad song." <laughs> and we walk away, and then true to form, horn man goes. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I think he won uh, somehow. Again, I don't know how, but he did. Um, 
was watching the Lifetime channel. Lifetime channel, usually TV for women, but I was watching it. Hey, I'm a big, strong boy, you know? Um, and I was watching it because there's a, a documentary, you know, we're serial killer documentaries are a big thing. I was watching one of my favorite serial killer, but he's about Ted Bundy. I was watching about Jeffrey Dahmer, huh? Jeffrey Dahmer, very cool. Uh, cool dude all around. No, definitely not cool. Um, but if you guys don't know who he is, uh, so he's a cannibal serial killer, white man from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He ate people in his refrigerator, chopped him up. And uh, it was about the cops that caught him, right? And when those cops were interviewing him, he was, like, very forthcoming and, like, admitted to all the stuff he did. But there was one line of questioning where he got really upset with the police, right? So I'm going to do a little reenactment about how that went in this documentary. The cops like, Jeffrey, uh, you kill a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, I do that. You uh, chop up people's body parts and you put them in your refrigerator to eat later. Like, yeah, I do that. You, uh, you drilled a hole in a man's brain to turn him into a zombie for sex that you could use over and over again. Yeah, of course. Uh... You targeted mostly gay and black men. Are you racist? I am not a bigot, goddammit! <laughs> and we found where the line is drawn, guys. You will never call a white man a racist. They get very upset. Everything else, though, on the table. Uh, <laughs> everything else is up for grabs, right? It's like, are you, uh, it's a, you eat people? Yeah, of course, some people look tasty, right? Uh, yeah, sex zombie? What am I, a nerd? Yeah, science is awesome, right? But uh, a bigot? I'm not a monster. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Anyway, thanks, guys. Bye. John Gallagher, everybody. All right, we've got a healthy size list tonight, so we're just going to keep it going. Up next, we got another great guy named by name of Peter Balmer. Oh, thank you, everybody. What were these? Jesus, they are broken now. All right. Very fun lights. Hot start to the set, TGIF. Uh, so you guys can probably tell by looking at me, I speak Mandarin Chinese. Pretty obvious. Um, not that good at it, though. Uh, however, I am good enough to order in Chinese at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, tried to do that recently. Went to a Chinese restaurant, and I wanted to get the black pepper chicken, right? So I asked the server. I was like, Ching Wen, And he responded in a perfect accent. Yeah, I don't know what language that is. <laughs> this is a Panda Express, dude. You could just point at the shit that you want. <laughs> so I got some orange chicken and walked out the mall. Yeah, it was a great day. Um, I do like Panda Express, though. Any panda heads in here? <laughs> Sweet. Glad you guys found the Facebook page. Cool. Um, it's a good, I think it's a you know good restaurant, uh, good food, competitive prices, outstanding decor, and... Um, I think uh, one thing that Panda Express has that other fast food restaurants don't have is fortune cookies. I love fortune cookies. Those are so great. Like, you can't go find out what the future may hold for you at Arby's. <laughs> you got to go down to Panda. Uh, I like getting them. I got one recently uh, that said, this month, serious danger will bypass you. And I was like, all right, hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Panda Express. That's all I needed to hear. I'm going to go home and make me some bathtub toast. <laughs> Did so, and it was tasty and safe. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Panda Express tries to make their fortunes a little bit too vague and broad just so they apply to everyone, you know? And it doesn't seem like they need to do that because all if Panda Express wanted to, like, weigh up their fortune cookie accuracy rate, all they'd have to do is just change all of them to say, in the next 24 hours, you will get diarrhea. <laughs> Make some special ones for the people who got the honey walnut shrimp that say, in the next 15 minutes, 
gonna have diarrhea. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Uh, I like uh, I do I like to eat at the mall. Uh, you could probably tell by this body. I got the kind of body that says this guy probably likes to walk to work and eat at the mall. Uh, shouldn't have said the eat at the mall the first time. Would have made that hit a little bit harder. But that's why we're at an open mic. All right, cool. I like uh, like going to McDonald's. Most of the malls they have one of those. Um, but uh. I think it's strange that Ronald McDonald was friends with the Hamburglar. Seems like the worst possible person he could have found. Uh, all right, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so the all right, so back in 1971, we're doing a little history lesson here. Um, the wonderful McDonald's Corporation realized that some people found their mascot. The tall, white, and yellow clown, whose passions included uh, processed meat and hanging out with kids, a little bit creepy, right? A little bit. So, all right, how can we how can we fix this? Uh, let's give him friends. Let's show him playing with his friends. It'll be a big universe. We'll make toys out of him. It'll be great. And so, all right, <laughs> who should this guy's friends be? Number one friend, a man by the name of the Hamburglar. <laughs> And uh, if you were guessing what this guy is like, you probably got it right. He is a devious rascal whose entire identity is that he likes to steal hamburgers. <laughs> Seems like already a bad choice for a friend. Already not, you know, that's Ronald McDonald's business. That's, he's not a good guy to have around. Uh, but it gets more fucked up when you come to Ronald McDonald's second best friend. Uh, does anyone here know who Mayor McCheese is? Wow, okay. <laughs> He's a pretty popular politician in a lot of circles. I'm surprised. So if you don't know Mayor McCheese, uh, there's pretty much just one thing that you need to know about him. He's the mayor of McDonald Town, and his head is a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> so like bringing the Hamburglar into that friend group is a direct threat. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. I think you know it's also po it's possible that you know the Hamburglar. He's a Misunderstood guy, you meet him and he's like, hey, uh, actually, uh, Hamburglar, that's kind of a silly nickname from college. Uh, my real name is Hampton, and I'm actually really into jazz, and I'm restoring an 82 Camaro in my backyard. Or uh, it was just a message to Mayor McCheese where, you know, he's making some policies Ronald didn't like, and so he was like, brought this guy on, just be like, hey, motherfucker, don't forget what the M stands for. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> Up next, we have the most supportive woman in Bay Area comedy. It is Charity Pomeroy. Oh, only to people I don't hate. <laughs> Makes it sound like I hate a lot of people. I do. I just keep it on the inside. Uh, no, I don't. I, I wish I could. I wish I was badass and had the ability to... Not be me. That would uh, that would be awesome. No, no. Uh, a little about me. Uh, I am a lesbian, and I always have to say that because uh, thank you. You can clap. I, yeah. I am a big old fucking dyke. I'm just kidding. That's actually a lie. <laughs> I'm very very single, so I am a big old non fucking dyke. It's it's uh, that's very true. Um, uh, I, I am not dating. We were just talking, uh, some folks and I outside about that. Um, people are not interested in me, specifically, uh, people I'm into 
are not into me. <laughs> and, and I think it's because I am so intimidating. Uh, maybe. Actually, maybe it's because I am a woman and I am strong and I am independent and I'm a big old fucking weirdo. So maybe that's, uh, that's probably it. But it's not my fault that I'm a weirdo. Uh, when uh, I came into this world, I was born to um, a blind lady and a, uh, an autistic man. So, <laughs> I mean, I learned things. My parents are amazing. I learned uh, at home math and science. And uh, it was from my dad. From my mom, I learned how to listen. What I did not learn, <laughs> oh my god, you guys got that. <laughs> Nobody ever gets that. Uh, but yeah, I did. I learned all these wonderful things. But what I did not learn, eye contact. <laughs> Very vital, uh, especially uh, for, for, for dating. So yeah, my dates, uh, if I went on any, <laughs> would be so horrendously awkward. Uh, I would have to get a time machine and uh, go back to before they started. So instead, I just don't, I don't date, I don't do it. Um, what is really unfortunate about me being a big old weirdo, um, what's really weird about that is I'm super picky about my friends, like who I'm friends with and who I'm close to. Like I have no uh, reason to be picky. I, don't, I shouldn't have that right. I can't be picky, but I am. And uh, I, I'm really picky, and, and uh, that, that can be an issue, too. Actually, when I was in college, there was this guy who really wanted to be friends with me, and I could not stand him. His name was Sean Hunt. Real name. His name, his real name, Sean Michael Hunt. His name was Sean Mike Hunt. <laughs> Truly, I should have been friends with the guy, but I, I just couldn't stand him. And for spring break, I planned this big, huge deal, and there were um, all these people going on this big road trip, and somehow he conned his way into going with us and conned his way into my car. And I was like, no! So I, before we left, fed him eight sleeping pills. Uh, <laughs> murdered him. <laughs> I didn't care. Uh, he didn't die, though. He didn't die. He didn't even fall asleep. He just sat back and was super chill the whole time. And I was like, oh my god. I'm such a monster. Maybe I like this guy. Maybe I like Sean Hunt. And it was true. I liked Sean Hunt. I just didn't like his personality. Anyway, that's that's it for me, <laughs> folks. Give it up for yourselves. I'm Charity Pomeroy. All right, Charity Pomeroy, one more time. All right, next up, we got a guy I'm getting to know. I'm pretty sure he would be in the mafia if this was the 1920s. He's got the hair for it. Um, and the uh, and certain mannerisms, but I won't go on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Neuer. Here come the sickest old G since Mudbone. First to flip the script and leave when I Yeah, dude, keep that going. Keep that going. How you guys doing? Muni Radio, are we doing good? Amazing. That is that is something special, man. I'm really glad to hear you guys are doing so well. 
Because sometimes, oh, you really fucked that one up, didn't you? Ooh. Uh, free batteries. Paid. G- hey, a paid gig is a paid motherfucking gig. I don't know. I'm gonna donate this to Mutiny Radio, Pam. I'm gonna donate these free batteries I just stole from you. If I could get this whole light in there too, I probably would put it in there. Like those aren't jokes. We came here for jokes. Fucking care what you came here for. I don't care what you look at as a at as an audience member. That is a fucking audience member in my eyes. All right. All right. I fucking don't know, dude. You guys paying your fucking dues? Better fucking put them in there, dude. I'm not playing with you. I'll fucking kick you in the face. As soon as I figure out how to get my foot that high, I swear to God. <laughs> you just laughed so hard you dropped your phone, Charity. I fucking, I love mutiny, man. What else can you go to do comedy and play the piano and take a shit for $2? You tell me. You tell me. Where can you go? Nowhere. You can't go anywhere and play the fucking little mini piano while you're playing the regular piano, getting ready to take your shit. You know what blows my mind? The people that come here and take a shit and then leave that door open. I want to lock them in there. Fucking right. You give me that snap of pause break. You know what really pisses me off? Well, I'm going to tell you. You see that Mexican restaurant over there that looks like an Italian restaurant from afar? <laughs> Fucking closed today on this good Friday. So I had to go get a salmon wrap. Now my stomach's feeling like I got to go take a shit in that bathroom for $2. I don't know. Did you just hear it? It made noise. You heard it. You fucking heard it. Yeah, dude. I think it was actually you drinking water. But I'll take the credit. My stomach is taking the credit for that noise. That was that was me. My my ear hole is my sluttiest hole. It is. So there's my there's my one minute. Um <laughs> I don't care, man. <laughs> Everything's all good. My ear hole is my sluttiest hole. I go cotton balls deep, man. I go, I just deep dick my ear. It's my right ear, too. I don't know whether it's the sluttiest of the two. I have two of them. The left is a pretty kinky bitch, too, but that, that right one, man, it's just, they tell you not to do it. They tell you, the doctor's like, don't, it's like right on the box. I don't read the fucking box. I just shove shit inside of me. They say, don't put it in. It's like, it's made to go inside of my holes. I don't know. This deep dick my brain with that fucking cotton swab, dude, just. So I squirt out ear juice out of my nose. I don't know. I don't know. That was a joke I wanted to try. But I kind of forget it. I'll just do my very first joke, um, and then I'm going to get out of your guys' hair. I, r- I realized I was, I, while well, I was changing my oil, 
on my truck that uh, I I pulled out the dipstick and I tried to put it back in. It took me like 13 tries. I realized I can never be a ninja or a pirate in my life. You pull out the sword, you fuck some people up, you put it back in, you're just stabbing yourself in your fucking leg. I don't know. You guys have a great night. Mark Neuer took that intro music and just kept it going the whole time. That was perfect. All right, up next, uh, we uh, a man for whom there in- is no introduction, because I don't know him. Uh, I haven't met him yet, but is David Coker here? No, okay, whoops, back to the list. What do we got? Number six. Can you pronounce that for me? Okay, here's a, a guy with a name, Roman Murdov, maybe, possibly. All right, let's hear it. Hello. So, I had a girlfriend once, and she had lots of sex fantasies, and all of them involved casseroles. Um, guys know what casserole is right uh, if not you can quickly google it because otherwise you won't get how funny it is yeah so she would say to me so i had this fantasy that i made you a casserole and it got burned and you got really mad and you did this and that to me or she would say i had this fantasy that i made you a casserole and it was undercooked and you got mad and uh, you did this and that to me or she would say so i made you this casserole and it was fine just you know somewhat underwhelming you still got mad and you did this and that to me. And now, the, the first of all, it's completely out of character for me to respond to any casserole, no matter how bad, with sexual assault. And secondly, she never made me a casserole. So it always remained an Alfred Field fantasy for me, and I love a good casserole, or any kind of casserole. I would be touched if she did it in the first place, but she never did. And uh, <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember any of the actual fantasies, because the moment she said casserole, I would just think about casserole. You know, I imagine they involved sex or something like that. Um, anyway, that was uh, that bit. Doesn't have a punchline. <laughs> um, now, uh, let's settle this. Uh, cats or dogs? What do you guys think? Dogs? Dogs. Dogs? Everyone says dogs? Cat? Okay. Anyway, this is why democracy cannot work in this country. You cannot agree with each other, so I'll tell you, uh, dogs are bullshit, cats are better. Yes, yes. So uh, people bring up this argument that dogs are more loyal than cats, because if you die alone in your apartment, as you will, because <laughs> you've given up on your human companions and you only have pets, uh, your dog will wait like four or five days before it starts eating you, while your cat will immediately start laying eggs in your eyeballs. <laughs> or, I mean, whatever, maybe not, but it'll start nibbling and eating you sooner than the dog. But the problem I have with this whole argument is that it doesn't matter, because you'll be dead, right? And if you love your pet as much as you pretend to, then wouldn't you rather that your pet has a nice, fresh corpse right away than wait five days for a putrefied, pus-ridden, maggot-ridden corpse? You know, and anyway, then you got discovered, and I would rather be discovered as a neat pile of bones that the cat has already eaten, or rather than just this complete fucking Resident Evil mess 
with the dog in it trying to save her something. Yeah, so um, is anyone from uh, anywhere? Yeah? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, w where are you from? Doesn't matter. So you know when you're from like uh, from a place that's not the place where you currently live? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, you know, guys. This is like observational comedy. But <laughs> yeah, 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 you know when you're from a place that's not the place where you currently live? You, you move to a place that's not the place, and then there's like the things that you guys do in the place where you used to live, but then you move here and no one does that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or maybe not. Maybe uh, like uh, they do that sort of thing, but they do it differently. Yeah. You know? Anyone can relate to that? Or maybe like the doing of the thing is the same, but the thing itself is different. What? Is that too broad? Or too broad is an observation. Oh. Broad observation, that's what I call catcalling. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is a terrible joke. I don't like it. It's sexist, it's offensive, it's stupid. But you know, that's what you people like. I'm just showing you that I can make jokes if I want to. I just choose not to because I'm above that. Um, I thought it would be shorter than that. Should I wrap up? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> In my real life, I'm an um, art professor at an art school, CCA, if anyone wants to join me. Um, yeah, and um, I, you know, I, I like doing this a lot, um, teaching. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, not this. <laughs> I'm, I'm very kind and forgiving to my students. Um, I think that the thing they always criticize me for is that I'm too, too soft and sweet, which I think is true. Um, but it's not because I like them so much, but because there's never been a shooting at an art school yet. And um, so I don't, I just kind of protecting myself, really. That's not a joke, that's just a statement of fact. Yeah. Anyway, um, I should just stop, right? All right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>All right, I still don't know that guy's name. I think it's Roman Muradov, is that right? All right, I, I, I do know that guy's name. Um, Pus-filled, maggot-ridden pet corpses is what I took from that. That's, that's what I'm gonna remember, thank you very much. All right, coming up next, this guy, based on the people I've seen him hanging out with, I'm sure he's cool, is Mike Whitaker. I have cool friends, y'all. I got cool friends. Oh, shit. Uh, I had, like, the most gay man in San Francisco thing happen to me uh, yesterday. I was walking in the Soma to an open mic, and I, like, kind of cut down this, like, alley. And I'm walking down this alley, and this car rolls up next to me. And I see it's a dude in the car. I'm like, he's, he's rolling slow. But I'm walking. I'm like, oh, maybe. Is this dude cruising me right now? Is this, is this some good old-fashioned cruising happening? And I'm like... All right, let's see what's up. I'm like, see what kind of trade is rolling up here? And he like rolls down his window, and I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" And he was like, "Hey, are you are you moving your car right now? Are you are you moving your car?" I'm like, "Oh, okay." All right. Uh, no, nah, man, I'm. I, I'm going to go back to the old cruising model. We had it fine for a long time. Then we got 
fucked up with apps. We're all on apps and shit. And like, I feel like I'm the f- like the first generation of gay men that is only like ever like hooked up with strangers on the internet and not found them the old fashioned way. And I'm gonna fucking go back, cause like I don't like who internet apps turns me into. I feel just gross. <laughs> I feel gross all the fucking time. Like I ge- I keep getting this like like it, this. I s- I say the same shit every single time, and it works every single time. And it, it goes like this. I'll message a guy, and I'll be like. Hey, what are you up to? And he'll be like, not much. Just got off work. And me and my suaveness, I'm like, what else are you looking to get off? And I'll type that out. But it's like, in reality, I'm like having to type that out. Like, ah, fuck. God damn. This shit is going to work again. I'm not compelled to have any game or grow as a person. Like... Oh, I'm getting off the apps. I just, I, I feel like my cruising game's so weak and I try to stretch that muscle and it doesn't, like I was, I was on a bus and I was, I was on this bus and, uh, there's a cute guy on the bus and I'm like, come on, I want to cruise this cute guy on the bus. And I'm like, my first go-to is let's see if he's on an app nearby. Let's see if he's within 25 feet and pops up on my scruff. Nah. Nah, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. I don't, I don't think I, I'm going to have to cruise this guy the old-fashioned way. And he was like a, he was like a cute college dude, which is my type, by the way. I know I look like, I'm not into big burly dudes, even though I'm in, like, I'm like, by the way, I am on, I think, the last acceptable year to be fucking college dudes. Like... <laughs> I don't know where the fuck I'm going from here. Uh, and I'm like, he's a cute guy. He's wearing like work boots, which I'm into. And he's like wearing like a Ben Sherman and he's got a nice haircut. And I'm like, I'm like fuck, if I was a fucking better gay, there would be like a look. I could get, I could shoot this guy a look that was like, sit next to me on this bus. I'm going to rub your cock through your shorts. And then like, I don't have that look. That's not in my arsenal of gay man tricks. And, like, the look I have is, like, do you want to, uh, that's it. That's it. That's the extent of my game. That's it. You witnessed it. Oh. <laughs> uh, Elsa's fucking, goddamn, new shit. I had a joke about sword guys and how they're always up to no good, and you <laughs> fucking beat me to the... P- I swear to God, it was a joke. Never in the history of ever has a sword guy been up to any good. And my fucking point got proved. I don't know. Uh, I, t- <laughs> I too am a bald man. Like that I, that, that's a little bit balding and I just shave it all the way. Like I started going bald uh, last year. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the punch. I'm just going to shave this shit. Like I'm fine. I got a good looking bald head. And like... I'll go over to my parents' house. My mom will be like, oh, Mike, I wish you'd grow your hair back. And I'm like, I also wish that. I also <laughs> I also wish I could grow my hair back. That's a thing we both want right now. Oh, I went over to my parents', the, uh, parents house uh, the other night, and uh, we're watching TV, and uh, Elton John's playing on TV. And I'm like, 
uh, my mom and my dad turns to my family. It's like, isn't it amazing? He's able to play piano being blind and all. And I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. Ray, Ray Charles blind, Stevie wonder blind. I don't think, I don't think Elton John's blind. Dad. It's like, Oh, I thought that's why he dressed like that. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to have to explain the difference between being blind and being gay to my dad right now. <laughs> like, that, that, that's a serious, that's a real thing that happened in life. My father, in his heart of hearts, just believes that there's been a core group of people surrounding Elton John for just 45 years, just fucking with Elton John. And as a society, we've kept tight-lipped about it. When they dressed him up as Donald Duck and put him in a purple tuxedo at Princess Diana's funeral. Nothing. You know how fucked up it would be to put a blind guy in platform shoes? Very fucked up. Very fucked up. Oh. I didn't hear it at all. Am I way over? Oh, my goodness. I, th I, I was waiting for the punch, and then there we go. All right, I'm going to get the fuck off stage. Hey. For us. I'm going to tell you where I'm from in the chorus. San Francisco, California, ballers, hustlers. I love that pickup line joke, man. That's exactly how it would work between men. It has to be. Um, all right, so coming up next, we've got a guy who looks like he has a way better job than me. Uh, I, I hope you all do. I'm not doing that great. My job sucks. But this guy especially looks like he's doing well. It's Hank Romero. You can follow the leader or fall behind. Holds a pipeline, shows like Nightline. Beauty Radio, keep it going for your host, Justin. A gentleman, Capital back there, holding it down. We're going to try some new stuff, so, you know, it'll probably suck. That's how it goes sometimes. You guys familiar with the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover? Now, for those of you under 25, a book is like a podcast, but on paper. Now, looking at the book, the cover of the book of Hank, many of you are probably thinking, this is the face of white privilege, the face of gentrification, and the face of Seth Meyers. Now, uh, you're also probably thinking that the only obstacle I've had to overcome is reaching the top shelf, which you would be, you would be accurate on that assumption. But here's the thing, if you actually took a look inside the book of Hank, there's a couple of things that might surprise you. For instance, I grew up in public housing, on welfare, near a halfway home, which explains why some of you here look familiar. Um, the thing about growing up in public housing is weird because the term public housing is kind of strange because it sounds like you're either camping or you're homeless, which in truth, it's actually a mix of the both. Because uh, here's the thing, um, Public housing is where you fit as many poor people in the smallest space humanly possible or as any income bracket knows living in the Bay Area. Now here's the thing also, I am, I'm Mexican and fitting people in small spaces is kind of like a superpower for us, you know? I don't know if you've ever seen Doctor Who, but I'm convinced Doctor Who is at least half Mexican. The only way to explain how he fits so much shit into that phone booth. In fact, his actual name is Julio. <laughs> Dr. Julio. I'm gonna work on that. Uh, growing up on welfare was weird because um, back in my day we had actual food stamps and not the EBT card, which is nice and inconspicuous. 
No, we actually had stamps made of food. <laughs> it's like a flip book made of government cheese. Now, recently I actually said that version of that joke, and I said the BET card, and which means that I'm slightly dyslexic and slightly racist. <laughs> but here's the thing with the, uh, the EBT card is that um, it's different than food stamps. Because back when I had food stamps, here's the thing. Food stamps were bright neon to indicate to anyone within a six-mile radius of how fucking poor you are. And not only that, but they didn't even have the pictures of dead presidents on them. No. They had the pictures of famous poor people like Jean Valjean, Oliver Twist, and Oscar the Grouch. And you're thinking to yourself right now, those are all fictional characters. And that is correct, because there's no such thing as a real famous poor person. <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, I, wasn't, I was poor poor, not pretend poor. Everyone in this room knows somebody who's pretend poor. Pretend poor is someone who's moved to a new town, complains about being poor while the mommy and daddy still pay the rent, and they can move home at any time to the home their parents own. Right? Right? You're not poor. You're on vacation. And I'll leave you with this. Um, one of the reasons why I've realized that poor people have so many kids, it's to save money on clothing. Hand-me-downs, huge. For instance, when I was a kid, my parents, this is a huge thing, not only in the Mexican community, but for poor people, you would write down the initials of your child on their underwear to make sure you don't mix them up. You do this. Now, for instance, like my cousin, my, my father's name, Peter Henry Romero. So his initials were HPR. My cousin, Daniel Dirty Sanchez, DDS. Or my initials, Henry Emil Romero. That's right, H-E-R. You thought people not knowing which bathroom to use is a new thing. That is not. The worst thing is, I am an only child. That's just child abuse. You guys have been great. Let's get Justin back up here on stage. Thank you. All right, Hank Romero, everyone. Proving me wrong by knowing about food stamps. <laughs> you're not supposed to be able to explain food stamps when you're wearing a collar on top of a sweater. <laughs> All right, up next. Uh, we got a guy I just met. His name's David Coker. Woo! Let's hear it. How's everyone doing tonight? It's good to be here. Um, my week's going pretty well. Uh, I graduated top of my class this week. Yeah, give it up for me. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was from rehab, but uh, I, I still think that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, busy week. I, I also had jury duty, and uh, I didn't make the cut. Apparently, if you keep asking when you get to sentence somebody to death, they ask you to go home. <laughs> uh, I'm getting older, so uh, I've had to start manufacturing excitement in my life. So I've started doing small crime. Nothing serious. Break into a neighbor's house, walk around a little bit. Maybe leave them something nice, like a fern. <laughs> I haven't gotten caught yet, but here's hoping. I'm, um, 
the 90s had the best crime. OJ, Menendez brothers, that lady that cut her husband's dick off. <laughs> Current day criminals, step it up. Make crime great again. Uh, I dated a homeschool girl for a while, and uh, the answer is yes. We held hands so hard. It was just like dating any other uh, normal grown woman. If uh, normal grown women are best friends with their mom and write their own Disney princess fan fiction. And uh, she went to this Christian college up north. And if you don't know about Christian colleges, it's basically where weird repressed homeschool kids go to finger each other for six months, <laughs> get married, and then pop out their own weird repressed homeschool kids. It's a vicious cycle. Uh, growing up, there was always at least one kid on the Little League team that was homeschooled. And you could always tell which one it was because he acted like a recently freed hostage victim. <clears throat> we could never figure out if he was right or left-handed, but by the middle of the inning it didn't matter because he was sitting Indian style, wearing, making flower crowns and wearing his uh, glove as a hat. Uh, so, uh... I've never really been good at anything, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> um, so I went to one of those schools that has the, uh, like, gives out participation awards. And we're getting them at the end of the year, and my, uh, my teacher starts passing them out. First kid gets most athletic. Second kid gets best grades, and then it's my turn. I'm excited, I'm stoked, I'm finally gonna be recognized. So my teacher calls my name and I go up to the front to get my award. And my award was the oldest kid in the class. <laughs> the only thing I was good at was being born before everybody else. Um, so <laughs> I'm from this small town down south. It's like a redneck town, and everybody knows each other. But uh, my family, we were known as the family with the teeth. <laughs> and uh, my parents were divorced. They got divorced when I was 12, and it was rough at first. But I got a PlayStation 2 out of it. So <laughs> overall, not a bad deal. Also, when I was 12, I shot my brother in the face with a BB gun. Yeah. I felt bad about it, but to be fair, it was a pretty good shot. That's been my time. Thank you, guys. Why are you flipping? All right, David Coker, everybody. All right, we're right about at the middle of the show. I'd like to remind everybody to donate to Mutiny Radio. It is two bucks not to be an asshole, all right? Five bucks to be pretty cool. Ten bucks and we all say your name at the same time like it's church. <laughs> we don't talk about what we do for 20 bucks. <laughs> we need... We need money. We need money at Mutiny Radio. Next up, it's Vishesh Sarin. Mitch Green, Mitch Green, Mitch Green's got me in a zone. Just then I heard the phone. They say I missed sound check. What's up with the show? Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? Everyone's doing okay? Surviving? It's cold outside. Uh, 
Thank you for reiterating that. It is very, very fucking cold. I was born and raised in the Middle East. I can't deal with this bullshit. <laughs> I literally cannot. So, <laughs> I wasn't even that funny. I think you guys are just into me. Most people are. It's okay. No, it's, it's weird, though. So, like, talking about people being into me, I am completely in fucking love with this one person at work, and it's fucking retarded. It's fucking stupid as hell on, like, 900 different levels. Like, last week, so... Last week was Valentine's week, right? Or something like that? 14th of Feb. Whatever week was 14th of Feb, that Monday, we had, like, a, a fucking group meeting, like, day out thing for at work. And, like, I get to talk to her all day. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to talk to her all day. And that was great. It was way too good. Like, holy shit, how does that happen? And then the next day, right, I go to fucking work, right? And she's there, obviously, because she works there. And then I also work there, so I'm there all day. I'm just hanging about, you know? And then it's like around 6 p.m. She's still working. I have stuff I should do, but I, it's 6. I didn't want to do it. But I'm like, ah, I should like try to hang around and talk to her after she's done with everything. And I'm like, no, nah, that's fucking creeper. That's fucking creeper. No, nah, fuck that, fuck that. No, 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 no. And so I fucking leave, right? I go home. I get a few bites of food in me. I don't know, like very few, because I'm broke as shit. Uh, I literally survive off of granola bars. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, maybe she's still there. I should try to go back. And I like ever so slowly start inching back towards my car through my house. And like halfway through, I start like being like, nah, I shouldn't do this. This is creeper. Nah, nah. And then I'm like, start thinking about like, but she might be alone there. And like, I know she doesn't need me, but I want to be there. And then I'm like, okay, fuck this. I get in my fucking silver station wagon from 94, stick shift, just drive with more purpose than I've ever driven in my entire fucking life. Like, I am, like, literally transforming into Vin Diesel from Fast and Furious. Just like, it's about to go down. I'm just fucking turning a corner, just drifting. Throw it in front of the loading bay. Don't even turn off my car. Just run up. And obviously, she's not fucking there at this point. And I'm just, like, instantly from Vin Diesel to Elmer Fudd. Whoa, that wascally thing called love. <laughs> Like, I, I, I don't know. It was fucking retarded. It really is. I don't really understand how any human being could ever make me feel this fucking way. And, I mean, it's prom primarily because primarily, uh, I'm kind of fucked up when it comes to sexual things. Like, let me tell you about New Year's. I went out to do groceries at this popping place called Grocery Outlet. And then I managed to go from doing groceries to having dinner with a beautiful woman. A beautiful, like she was gorgeous, right? And that happens to me, like, I, I don't understand. People just follow me around sometimes. I talk to them, and then we go eat and shit. Um, yeah, I love it when women shit up right on my chest. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, like... Uh, it crashes and burns, because I'm not an easy person to deal with at all. Uh, and I just fall back into old habits. I found, paid for, and subsequently fucked a hooker. Fucking a hooker is a strong word, though, because I tried to fuck her for like 20 minutes, and I was like, I completely lost interest. And she's just like lying on top of me, this beautiful lady staring into my eyes, right? And I'm kind of bipolar, so I cry a lot. And she points that out. 
Not that I'm bipolar. That would be crazy perceptive. But she's just like, do you cry a lot? And I was just like, yes. And then instantly started crying. <laughs> I literally mourn the loss of my innocence sometimes. I don't even understand why I'm like this. Actually, no, I completely understand why I'm like this. It's because of where I'm from. I'm just trying to lasso you around. She's like, we're tired you home. Throw you on the back. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I swear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. So like, yeah, no, this love thing is fucking me up. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like at this point, so okay, so after after Monday, Tuesday, right? She's there at work once again, and I she leaves. At, at a reasonable hour, and Pam just gave me the horn. So usually I come on here, I ramble for a bit, I say a pun and I get off, but instead of a pun, I'm just gonna say, um, this is great seeing all of you guys. <laughs> You're all here. Mutiny Radio is great. Uh, I love this place. Um, Pam is, uh, was very supportive last week when I came in. Give it up for her. Uh, <laughs> And um, just remember that um, blessings are a real thing, and you guys are all blessed. I really mean that sincerely. It's a, it's a matter of statistics, honestly, to me, because like, it really is, because luck is this thing that honestly always gets conflated with blessings, and it's like this one in a hundred chance of doing something. You do it 500 times, it'll fucking happen. Don Gallagher, the first person on stage here today. Great fucking set. He's been doing it for eight fucking years, man. And like, why that distinction lies? Because blessings are one in a trillion. You, or you, or you. Why did your parents meet? Why did they fuck? Why did they come bring you over here, you beautiful short man, you? <laughs> You're not that short. You're really not that short compared to the... Dude, where I grew up, people are very malnutritioned. Okay, okay, Jesus Christ. Either way, I didn't even finish my thought. My point is, uh, love yourselves, guys. Be happy. Got them clones. Everything grown at home is not homegrown. Got them zoning out like dime. All right, everybody. Vishesh Sarin. The worst decision in your story was liking a coworker, definitely. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. By far. I want to I, oh, I talk about this story right now. There's this older lady who works in my office. She's not my boss, but she's way up there, and she bought me a $40 Christmas present. And I don't know if I should do anything about that. Um, but that was weird um, and cool. And anyway, next guy coming up. Uh, we're on a show together tomorrow, and one of us is way funnier than the other, but I'm going to let you decide who's who. It's Ryan Thomas. All right. Well, happy Black History Month, everyone. Thanks for wishing me a happy Black History Month. I appreciate it. I've always wondered why Black History Month was in February when I was a kid. We used to be like, oh, it's because it's the shortest month and they don't like black people, but they wanted to give us something. <laughs> but like, I've never wondered like why it was in February enough to Google it. Like, I was just like a little bit, it would have been so easy to figure it out. Like, this whole time, I could have just asked Wikipedia. So I finally did it, and I found out it's actually not because it's the shortest month. It's because February is the coldest month. And they know that black people, we operate real slow in the cold. We kind of like syrup, you know? Like, it's just, it's just, and they're like, well, maybe this way we don't have to hear about it quite as much. 
as we won? Is it gonna make it to the pancake? We're at the 28th. Fuck, it's leap year. It made it to the pancake. That's, that's what I learned. The other fun thing about Black History Month is it's an excuse for me to, to finally do, you know, do some research, re-up on what you learned in school. One of my favorite stories is Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. You know, it was pretty cool, because like, how nuts is it that like people come to this open mic, I'm not throwing shade, I'm just literally saying how nuts is it people come to this open mic, they're like, all right, I did my set and I'm out. But meanwhile, back in the day, people are like, oh, I don't know that black person, but I'll risk liking life and limb to like maybe save them, maybe. That's awesome. But the craziest part about the Underground Railroad is the logistics of the thing. I can't get out of my neighborhood without Google Maps. <laughs> no one is chasing me. I don't, like if I get an Airbnb and I don't download the map and I'm going like an hour and a half away, all hell breaks loose. I'm completely fucked. Someone's like, you remember the address? I'm like, address? I don't even know my own address. <laughs> I go onto the app, I just click home. I thought it lived on Home Street. <laughs> I didn't even know I had the damn number. Can you imagine like you, you over here like trying to creep through, make someone, make sure no one sees you, you don't have Google Maps, you don't have ways to tell you that the popo is like five miles away. You don't have Alexa to say, hey, what's the weather like? You're like, hey, Harriet, what's the weather like? She's like, shut up, fool. 100% chance of rain. Rain of bullets on your ass if you don't keep it moving. You don't, God damn it. Get your ass down the road. <laughs> then you finally, you finally go through all those trials and tribulations. You got dogs chasing you and shit. People are like, nigger, like, oh shit. Ha, ha, ha. And then you finally like get to the neighborhood where you're supposed to be at where the Underground Railroad is, right? And you're looking at the houses and you're like, Harriet, what's up? Where are we going? And she's like, ah, oh, shit. She's trying to read the paper, and she's like, I don't know if this is a one or a two. The address is either one Mulberry Lane or two Mulberry Lane, and I can't read my writing. These stakes are high. Meanwhile, if I try to get to my friend's house, like I'm like, all right, I think it was either 5-5 five five Skyview or 5-3 Skyview. Let me check out my phone, and I bring out my phone. I'm like, uh-huh. Looks like the address is 6236 Orange Avenue. <laughs> Goddamn. Because there's a big difference between one and two if you're in the Underground Railroad. Can you imagine you over here? You knock on the door, boom, boom, boom. Hey, I'm here for you to protect me from slavery. If it's the wrong door, you in trouble. <laughs> so here's what they did, right? The whole time, you gotta be very silent on the Underground Railroad so people don't see you. They were like ninjas in the night. Asians think, people think Asians came up with the term, my ninja. Nah, we came up with that. We've been doing that since the Tubman days. <laughs> so it's like, all right, my ninja, how's we gonna do? We're gonna walk up, and then you couldn't say anything because people might overhear you. So they hit him with the dap, you know what I'm saying? Hit him with the uh, uh, uh. And that's where the term DAP comes from. A lot of people don't know that. Stands for down ass person. That's how we knew. That's why black people still fuck with white people to this day that can DAP us up. We like, hey, you all right. You all right. All right, thanks, y'all. That's my time. You don't know about the Mac. Ooh, yeah, I'm on the scene. Laying low, so fresh, so clean. Smoking on some gangster greens. All right, Ryan Thomas, everybody. I feel kind of bad. I, I, don't, I hope I didn't cut that short. He got a light and a horn. So... Um, awesome set. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, oh God, I just read his name like 18 times and I can't remember it. I think it was Thomas, no, Dan Frank. All right, Dan Frank. No, Dan like Frank? All right, everybody, it's here for Dan Don't Frank. Don't need to Thank you. It was not Thomas, not anywhere close. <laughs> Thank you, though. Hi, everybody, how's it going? Yeah, I am gay. That's what you were wondering, right? you call me a dyke? Did <laughs> <she> <laughs> You're not woke. <laughs> uh, 
I am gay and I wore this shirt today. <laughs> Look like a weird homeschooler that went to Jesus camp and got fingered by my friends. <laughs> I did go to Jesus camp, actually. I remember the first time I let Jesus in my life. I mean, Jesus. The first time I let Father Jesus in my life.